Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Matt. And, and, and remotely, we have... Vincent. We're going to start out with Sydney tonight. Uh, people are already on the lines, even though we haven't even started. Sydney, you're on Free Talk Live, calling from Pennsylvania. Oh, hey guys, thanks for taking my call. I don't yes, know if sir. this is what you guys were teasing. I wanted to call in with the news that local Bitcoins have announced that they're going to be shutting down. That isn't really the big bad news of the day. There's some really terrible news uh, for the just the future of cryptocurrency in the United States. But yeah, I did have that story as well. You're referring to, uh, I think, probably the first site of its kind to allow person-to-person or peer-to-peer, as they call it, trades uh, between people that want to buy or and or sell Bitcoin. Local Bitcoins did announce today that they are closing their doors. Why after- would they do that? Well, Sydney, do you want to speculate on that? Because they have their official yeah. reasons, but... Yeah, their official reason is because of crypto winter, they're going to wind down their operation over the next two or three months. A lot of commenters that I've been reading say, well, I think somebody's squeezing them, and I think that's very likely. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense that, oh, crypto winter is going to stop local Bitcoins, which has been around for a decade, according to their own post about this that they made on social media today. Like, you've been around a decade. You've been through a bunch of crypto winners. You've been through several mm-hmm. uh, major downturns in the price of Bitcoin. So why this time? Well, I mean, I, right. as you suggested, Sydney, I think it absolutely has to do with the fact that they are under severe regulatory pressure. Uh, you know, I've been around the crypto world long enough to remember when local Bitcoins was an actual way to buy Bitcoins from someone in your town, yep. someone in your city. You could go to the site you could say, I'm in you know, Keene, New Hampshire, put your zip code or whatever it was in there, and it would show you everyone who's in the, I don't know, whatever, 50-mile radius or 10-mile radius, I think you could select it, and it would show you who the, the sellers were, that people who were like willing to go meet you at McDonald's or in a bank parking lot or something like that, and then you would give that person cash, they would indicate that you paid them the cash, and then the site would release coins to you as the as the buyer. Personally, I never actually did that. Uh, I was kind of it just wasn't something I was interested in in doing when I was using local bitcoins. But that was why the site got started. And then in 2017, now they always had these other options, like you could buy with a, a you know a debit card, or you could buy with uh, a bank account deposit or wire transfer, and they had a ton of other options besides meeting in person. But the sort of meeting in person was the kind of the bread and butter of the the whole operation. And then in 2017, I think it was, all of a sudden, local Bitcoins announced that they were going to get rid of that aspect to their site. They just decided they were no longer going to be local Bitcoins. Still had the same name, but you could not actually physically meet someone through the site. There was no connection of actual humans in any given area. And the purported reason for that, by the way, at the same time, they introduced major know-your-customer requirements. So previous to that, you could just open up an account. And- so clearly there's something else going on here. I, yeah. I, I want to know, um, I mean, I don't know if uh, the two are connected anyhow, but there's also localmonero.org. I wonder if they are. D- is it .org or .co? .co. Might be .co. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might have them both. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's uh, I, I have used that site in the past as well, prior to the raid by the federal government in the Crypto 6 case. And uh, and I would recommend that site. That is a very good site. It's a site that actually seemed to try to up. carry the uh, the torch of the original local Bitcoin yeah. mission. 
And uh, I suspect they're going to see an increase in business now that local bitcoins is well, going Well, you away. know, I don't, I don't think local Monero is a good idea either because even it is centralized. And sure. if local Monero's local Bitcoin is going to get squeezed, which it looks like they're probably getting squeezed. My question That's is gotta be what's why, happening. why wouldn't they just say they're getting squeezed then, which is weird. Caller, what's your name? You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, my name is Van. Van, is that me? You're on the air. Hey, how you guys been doing? I've been listening. Look, I, I'm a luddite. I, uh, <laughs> my brother's into all that stuff. The reason I called, though, uh, you call and talk about anything, right? Yes, sir. What's on your mind? Uh, I took some psilocybin about uh, uh, 11:30 a.m. Sweet you. And I'm still like, whoa! My ex-wife gave it to me, and I said, okay, I got a bum knee. I'm in my backyard, you know, and uh, I don't have a vehicle. I can't work. Oh, here, take these and. I said, well, look, go to the grocery store. Oh, I'll be back in an hour and a half. And uh, she's not back yet. I trust her. Uh-oh. <laughs> I called you guys about her months ago. She got her, The government took her house mm. and all that crap, man. And uh, she's wonderful. Anyway, I'm digressing. But uh, the suicide, I haven't done this in several years, man. Wow, and man. Like, Whoa. I, 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 I think it's illegal in the state I'm in, but... Uh, Probably. I think it's illegal in pretty much every state with the exception of Oregon, or I believe maybe Colorado might be changing that soon. No, D.C. I grew up in D.C., and my buddy's oh. like, yeah, man, you could get a mail to you up here. I was like, well, that's where it's coming down here from, because this stuff is... Whoa! Oh, you're but, pointing out that they did legalize it in D.C., yes. Thank you for the reminder. There have been some uh, cities... In uh-huh. uh, across the United States, I'd, I'd forgotten that DC was was one of them. That's that's great. Yeah, I, I, I left DC in like nineteen. Yeah, I wouldn't want to live there. No, no way. No way. Oh, Mordor. Man, my dad was a government worker. He wouldn't split, and I split. But uh, you know, I still have wonderful friends there. And uh, whoa, it, it's a very and, and I was. Just, I only get you guys on Sundays. Okay. So sometimes I'll call and listen to the, you guys till my phone burns out, you know? And, uh, <laughs> oh, right on. Because, no, man, you're very – I don't know nothing about this crypto stuff. But I am about to inherit – my dad passed away last May. And all this – you know, D.C., it's got to go through this court and all this crap. And not so I, – I, yeah, I got to deal with lawyers. And, oh, well, man, it's like a lot of money. You got to do this, got to do that. And I'm a cash and carry dude, man. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, – well, that's another whole other story. But the psilocybin, how long do you roll on this, man? Because it was 1130. <laughs> what time is it now? Psilocybin, you're normally going to be affected for like, I don't know, four to six hours. But if it was really powerful, I suppose it could go on for longer than sure, that. Sure, it depends on how much you eat, too. Yeah, how much did you take? Yeah, I haven't. That's why I sent her to the store. I ain't going to eat food. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it, it depends on like how long the trip lasts. It yeah. depends on how much, how many mushrooms, like how much shroom you oh, right. have. How, how many grams? I have no idea. I just took a big old handful. And, oh, well, there you, know. you go. Okay, that just, might just, be why. Just yeah. sit back and enjoy the ride, my friend. I hope you're having a great night. <laughs> I'm glad you're okay, able to dial the phone and call us. So, like, you're probably not too affected at this point. Oh, no, it's beautiful, yeah. man. I mean, it's just, it's just. God, I wish you'd get back with some food. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fact is, you're hu- if you're hungry, that means you're probably on your come down because yeah. you know, if you're tripping, yeah. you're generally not going to be interested in food. In mm-hmm. fact, if you were to, to try to eat while you were coming up on it, or tripping hard on it, uh, there's a good chance you'd puke it anyway. Yeah. So the fact that yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, I'm, my stomach's fine. You know, uh, it, it's just uh, I gave her some money to get some groceries, you know, just basic stuff, and uh, she'll be here, man. All right, brother. Well, good <laughs> luck. Thanks, man, for the thanks for the trip report, man. I appreciate Absolutely it. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you, thank you for the call tonight. Enjoy, yeah, enjoy that trip. Let's go to Ricky from the Commonwealth. You're on Free Talk Live, Ricky. Thank you, there, brother Ian, brother Matt, and brother Vincent. Good evening. How are you? Hello. 
My pleasure. Well, I had some interesting thoughts. After the State of the Union on Tuesday, this came to mind. I've been meaning to bring it up. I don't know if you know about the incident I'm referring to, but President Biden had the audacity to bring up the fact that uh, the Republicans are trying to kill Medicare and Social Security, which they've been trying to do for 20 years. And sure, all they have. It's not new. But what he did was he had the art. They booed him bad. And then what he did is say, hey, anybody, I got the proposal sitting right in my office. Anybody who wants it, just let me know. I'll send you one. The Republicans <laughs> are full of it, by the way, because nothing that, they have not been trying to kill those things. Okay, If they had actually intended to kill those things, then they could have done it when they were in total control of the uh, the U.S. representatives, the Senate, uh, yeah, and, the, you know and the president. Trump wouldn't have done it. Trump wouldn't have done it because he himself came out just the past week and said, don't touch a penny. You know, So he wouldn't have done it. All right. Well, they didn't try very hard then. Well, right? they'd never win an election again if they did that. They haven't mm-hmm. won the popular vote seven out of eight times since the second term of Reagan. So. Okay, well, who cares about the popular vote? I'm glad we don't have a popular vote. Then, you know, California and New York are going to run the country, and it'll be even worse. Here's somehow. another example for you, Ricky. They also made this big to-do when this uh, McCarthy guy got into the uh, the seat there the at the uh, the House. Uh, I watched they, that. They made a big vote. to-do about how, oh, well, now we're going to get the vote on the fair tax. We're going to put the fair tax. We're going to get rid of the IRS. We're going to put a vote in on the fair tax. As though they couldn't have done this during Trump. But they didn't well, do it during Trump. And the reason they're trying to do it now is nothing more than signaling. It's just simply to signal to their base, like, hey, we care about the IRS. We want to get rid of the IRS. But, oh, Joe Biden's going to get in the way. And so, you know, it's never going to go through. Even if it does pass the House, which probably won't, uh, it'll never go through. And then they can, of course, blame the Democrats for something that they could have done in the uh, during the Bush administration. Because the fair tax has been a proposal for a, for more than, I think, 20 years mm-hmm. at this point. Well, and they, they could have done it during Trump. So they're full of it, Ricky. Perot proposed a version of it himself, you know, if I remember. Yeah, it was very popular. That was, that was his yeah. that was his part of the trick was the the. the uh, yeah, and they shut him the hell out yeah. of uh, the debates after people started listening to him. Mm-hmm. People liked him. Well, if I mm-hmm. may, and I want to talk a little bit about Medicare itself. I mean, Social Security, I'm not going to say much about because it, it goes. Now, which one is Medicare? I always mix it up. Is Medicare the one for old people or the one that's not for old people? Well, Medicare can be for younger people, as a, as an example. Because there's Medicaid and there's Medicare, and I never remember which one's well, I, which. I can talk a little about Medicaid, too, but as far as Medicare goes... Well, which one's which? You know, myself, well, myself, I, I have Medicare, uh, because currently, I, as a result of my, my current condition, I uh, collect an SSD check, you know? That's okay, so Medicare is for uh, older people. Or in some cases, if you're on SSD, you'll get Medicare. Okay, got it. It's either for SSD or SS. Got it. Now, here's the thing. Now, what it comes Social down Security. to Med- Right. Mm-hmm. Regular Social Security. Now, Medicare was $170 last year. It actually went down 6 bucks this year. Now, that's by no means cheap. But- when you say it was $170, what does that mean? You have to pay for per it? Month, per month. You're paying for that? Everybody does. Okay. <laughs> Medicare ain't free, man. You okay. Know, okay. Was. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, it actually went down six bucks, and there has been improvements to it uh, due to the Inflation Act and other things, you know? No, but I don't believe you. I, well, there has been some improvement. Should we just give up on these issues? How do you actually solve this problem with this government redistribution? 
I, I can't think of anything other than the like a total um, like reset of the system where we just declare all Federal Reserve notes to be a fraud, all these debts in Federal Reserve notes to be a fraud and just start fresh. But that'll be, you know, that's like, you know, like the ending of Fight Club sort of, you know, like fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> and you nailed it. Yeah, I mean, well, right. So it's more likely that the federal government is going to crash and burn before any kind of inside the system retinkering, retooling can ever become successful. First of all, I don't think that can be successful no. for the reasons we've already given. So yeah. it's going to just have to crash and burn. And so to that end, the best thing that we can do is to get out of the way of it crashing and burning and and secede from the United States as peacefully and as quickly as possible. Yeah, and but, I might throw a little gas on the fire if it goes down in flames. I might stand back from a safe distance and just kind of pee some gasoline onto that fire. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, and the thing is, it's going to it's going to all, all good things come to an end and so do all suck things mm-hmm. and government is suck. I think I think the the project of liberty-minded people ought to not so much try to force it to happen. I don't think we even need to force it to happen. Um, But to try to work really hard to set up other infrastructure to lighten the, the blow when it does happen. Sure. And cryptocurrency is definitely one of those things. It's it's a, it's a cornerstone of it. And that is also uh, the the powers that be understand the importance of that yeah, at this do. point. And yeah, they, they know that they're not so necessary anymore. Infrastructure is coming up. Decentralized infrastructure is coming up. They don't need to print our money anymore. And that's a giant threat. And um, and, you know, I think that was whoever Satoshi Nakamoto is, is absolute. Incredible invention that he yeah, came up genius. with there. Genius. Absolutely. And, and and we just need to kind of foster the idea of crypto. Everywhere I go, I give crypto to people. Everywhere mm-hmm. I go, I help people set up wallets. I mean, I probably do it 50 or 60 times a year at least, and I give away $1 worth of Doge every single time. Or Thank $5. you for that. It's good work. It's, I can't it's, do it it's, anymore. It's, it's the Lord's work, and it is in direct contravention of your religion that you can't do it I anymore. Know. I know. And that needs to be brought up in an appeals court somewhere at some time. Um, but... Uh, yeah, well, that's the end of my thought. Really, right. you know, we're we're setting it up the infrastructure because that's all you can it's the only thing that's going to help. Uh, you know, the writing's on the wall. You know, they're yeah. they're cranking out the dollar. They're yeah. uh, going insane with World War. You know, what's nearly yeah. a World War Three at this point? Mm-hmm. And it's not uh, just the United States government; it's every government on the planet. I mean, they're all they're all the same. I think it's also important to think of uh, you know when we think of like crypto, that's like you know an alternative uh, like currency. But I'm thinking. It's important also to focus on even baser stuff, like being independent when it comes to uh, food production. Totally. Um, looking into your know, urban gardening. Uh, I think like like a family of four could survive on less than half an acre of um, stuff that they grow themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you know, the more food we grow for ourselves, you know, the less helpless we are when the government shuts the power yeah. off. And find out who your local farmers are and start supporting them and buying stuff from them now. They'll grow more stuff next yeah. year. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right. So speaking of crypto and trying to you know, prepare for the end of the federal government, the end of the U.S. dollar or whatever, crypto is a great alternative. Of course, we also like, you know, precious metals. We certainly talk a lot about the gold back here on Free Talk Live, and I'm a huge fan of what they're doing. And for those those of our listeners that are out there saying, "Ah, I'm just not into that crypto, well, check out the gold back, okay? Check out uh, that as an amazing product to allow you to uh, protect yourself from the failure of the dollar and also have something that you can 
physically spend to other people to buy things. That's what the Goldback's doing, and it's doing an amazing job of helping people in you know buying and selling things in physical reality for something besides the U.S. dollar. So if you haven't looked into the Goldback yet, again, they're not, they're not a sponsor on Free Talk Live, but I do really love uh, what they do. Proof of work is where you have like a miner and the miner has to have like a really powerful graphics card or it has to be like this dedicated uh, circuitry that only does mining in order to compete with all the other miners all around the planet. And and so like there's this math problem they're trying to solve and whoever solves the math problem wins the mining uh, block reward and they get some Bitcoin. Right. That's that's kind of how that works. It's I'm not an engineer. Right. So that's as like a brief overview as I understand it. Crypto staking doesn't require, as I understand it, does not require miners. And so therefore, the idea behind crypto staking is that more people can participate. Because in order to participate in mining, in most cases, there are some exceptions like Monero and others you can mine with like a, just any old laptop, yeah, as I understand GPU. it. Uh, but so we're, we're, we're talking very generally here. Uh, with, with crypto staking, anybody that's got like, whether it's a laptop or a desktop computer, not so much with phones, I don't think, but with... Like an actual computer, you can run the full, what they call full node software of that particular coin that you like, and you can quote unquote stake the amounts of coins that you currently have. So if you have some amount of whatever it is we're talking about, Ethereum or, well, I guess Ethereum's different because they require 32 at least to do staking. So excluding Ethereum, some of these other coins that allow for staking, you can tell it, I want to stake my coins. And what that allows you to do is it allows you to participate in the securing of the network that you're interested in. So you become actually an important part of the network. Yeah, so the, what, the, what the SEC is saying is that, that by staking your coins, you are saying that you have bought, uh, uh, bought into the network. And the way the SEC sees that is the exact same way they look at buying stock in a company. You're a security. You're a security. You're, everything's you're a, security. a security. You know, they are, you know, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And that's yeah. the SEC with crypto right now. And the thing is, I, I think at this point, they very much realize that it's out of their control. Mm-hmm. And the only yeah. thing that's going to keep it in their control is if they bark loudly enough and scare people enough that they walk away from it. But the reality is if people just kind of look at them and say, ooh, that's a mean dog. Let's go to the other side of the street. Well, in this case, the other side of the street would be to do your own staking. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what's happening here, and you can, like there's nothing stopping anyone from doing their own staking, but it does, you know, it's not something your grandma's probably going to be able to figure out. Like you do need to download the full node software and press the right buttons. It's not hard to do it. Yeah, I don't see any reason to use it. Just for people who are new to crypto, I probably, I, I personally don't have any use for those types of coins anyway. The state, I mean, proof I, of yeah, stake? I don't, I don't, I don't want to get involved with that. That's not a necessary part of using crypto. So one of the downsides of uh, a proof of stake is, well, the upside is that you earn a yield. So it's when like you passive do passive income, yeah. So right. when you do staking, you might get ten percent or fifteen or five or whatever. Right. Yeah, like the puzzling part percentage. about the, the SEC getting getting involved is that's not money. No, those aren't not. dollars. No, they're not. The the, the they don't the, represent the dollars SEC, either. No, they don't represent dollars. It's like I, I I try to you know, crypto is just like having a collectible. It's math. It's it's math, but it's like having a Beanie Baby collection. Mm-hmm, sure. Like is the SEC? You know, those go up and down in value. Baseball cards go up and down in value. I don't see the SEC freaking out about it. Well, hold on. So we actually had Jeremy Kaufman on the show last week. Or no, was it this week? This week. Uh, we had him on Monday. What do you say? 
And, you know, he's intimately as intimately familiar he's as anyone can be. An with, absolute expert at this point. Yeah, with how the SEC considers things to be securities. And basically he said, look, if uh, Ty, I believe, is the company that makes Beanie Babies, yeah. if Ty or uh, Wizards of the Coast, which makes Magic the Gathering cards, if they were to release their cards and say, hey, you know, these could go up in value someday. They absolutely would be uh, gone after by the SEC (laughs) as a security because that's all it would take. Yeah, but those are companies that would be coming out and saying that. Bitcoin isn't saying that. That's true. Bitcoin's not a company. It's not a company. Ethereum's not a company. There are some randos out there saying stuff like that, but it doesn't. You know, there's also randos out there saying Ken Griffey Jr., you know, 89 Mm-hmm. Fleer Ken Griffey Jr. baseball cards are going to go up in value, you know, and they may be right, they may be wrong, but that doesn't make the baseball card a security. Well, that's the thing; they are just calling all kinds of things securities that you know, they're running should, for their lives should not be. And so, so when you do the staking, you get some sort of a yield. And the argument against this is that, well, the coin that you're getting the yield from is just creating new coins every ten minutes or every minute or whatever the the block times are. And so, like, if you get the yield, you're you're still or how do I explain this? So there's a certain amount that there there's coming out. So like, if you're not getting the yield, you're definitely behind the ball because mm-hmm. everybody that is staking is at least getting is trying to be caught up with the in- inflation of the coin. The SEC probably doing even more damage than the FBI has. I mean, the FBI and the you know so-called Justice Department has been going after individuals like uh, myself and the Crypto 6 for uh, making Bitcoin available, say, peer-to-peer. But those aren't as big of hits, I don't think, to the industry as going after companies like Kraken, who uh, just today came to an agreement with the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, that it'll pay, Kraken will pay the SEC $30 million and agreeing to immediately end its crypto staking as a service platform for U.S. customers. If you're outside of the U.S., you will still, apparently, if you have an account with Kraken and you're staking with them, then that will not affect you. Uh, But anybody inside the U.S., sorry, you're SOL as far as being able to stake on those coins that you liked and you wanted to support. And uh, you may still be able to do it yourself by figuring out how to actually download the software and get it set up and so on and so forth. But that's going to be a significant reduction in the number of people in the United States who are going to be able to participate in staking, which basically puts those people behind the ball as far as you know the rest of the world who is under no such restriction. So people elsewhere on the planet are going to be able to participate in staking. They're going to be able to get the yield, which, by the way, according to the story here at Coindesk, Kraken was offering as much of a 20% yield on its staking service. So people all over the planet are still going to be able to get that 20%. And uh, people in the United States, sorry. Economic, <laughs> tough economic times made tougher here thanks to uh, thanks to the SEC. You know, it's not like it, the, the United States will go down in flames not because the government became too powerful, but because the people became too spineless to stand up to That's it. true. I mean, look, it's hard to go up against the SEC. Uh, library just tried, and they failed. And currently, we don't even know how badly they've failed at this point. We know that the library uh, company is going to go under. But what has yet to be determined is whether or not they're going to take uh, Odyssey down with it, their platform that launched through the library blockchain, basically. So not not all the damage has been done yet in that particular case. 
and the SEC has just begun to do damage when it comes to stopping staking. And Kraken must have decided, you know, they probably talked to their lawyers, and the lawyers were like, well, we just saw what happened with with library, like you know, pay the thirty million and just you know turn it off. Why are lawyers so wormy and cowardly and gross? Well, um, I don't know. Maybe they're not all that way. I mean, I, I kind of like my attorney. I do too, um, but... But he didn't win either. You right. Know? Like, you can have a great attorney, and it, none of it matters if you got a terrible jury or, a, you know, a, a terrible judge. And judges are going to likely rule in favor of the federal government. That's just kind of what their job is. The SEC's characterization of Kraken's staking setup highlighted the quote-unquote risks that investors take on when staking their tokens with staking-as-a-service providers, which give them so-called very little protection, according to a press release. Protection from what? what? I don't understand what you're trying to protect them from exactly. Like, this is pretty straightforward. You stake your coins, number go up. Like, that's how staking works. Obviously, the coin could go down in value, but your number of the coins that you have will go up. Like, you will continue to get, if you're staking on any kind of proof-of-stake coin, you will continue to get more of those coins. I've Could seen you? them use this scams as an excuse, where they say they're not able to protect, they're not protecting their users from, like, scam coins by, I guess, like, I don't even know what logic it would be, like, not investigating every single coin that wants to be on their exchange. I've seen that excuse before. Well, then in that case, they should just go ahead and just, just ban selling cryptocurrencies. I mean, I'm sure that's the direction they want to go in. The people that are running those mining websites out there, if they're in the United States at all, I think they're going to be the next target. Because if they can get away with going after centralized staking providers like Kraken, they can go after the centralized miners too, right? Oh, yeah, you're going to get a reward for doing work? Well, that's a security. That's essentially what they're saying with, uh, you know, with these... You know, that's what the ATF's doing, too, with gun stuff, though. They're just redefining stuff mm-hmm. and moving goalposts around to, to suit their needs, and it's not going over well with the courts. Yeah, but it took, like, decades for that to change, right? Well, now we have EPA. Sure. There's a ruling. You're, you're referring to a Supreme Court ruling that happened, what, last summer? Yeah. Something like that? Uh, and 2021. That, that's, that's not good for these bureaucrats. That EPA ruling was really bad for these bureaucrats and the way they've always run things. Well, they're acting like it doesn't matter. Yeah, of and course. Until, they're until somebody can challenge it, because that's the problem with court rulings is they don't matter unless you can apply it. Right. And they're not going to apply it to themselves. They're just going to keep on going. So it's like, why aren't they going to go after minors? I think they probably will. I think they're just so they're so uh, cocky. On their win after win they after win. They are absolutely win. brazen. They are absolutely brazen. So, I don't know. It's really, I think it, it looks pretty dark right now for uh, the future of cryptocurrency here in the United States. I mean, I, I, don't think it, I don't think they can, quote unquote, ban it straight out. The odds that that is going to happen still, to me, seems distant at best, highly unlikely. But uh, I'll have to pull up the library post from today because library has been going off. Uh, in this situation, I mean, they've they've got nothing left to lose at this point. Library is, you know, they tried to play by the rules. They tried to figure out what the rules were. They asked the SEC, what do we got to do to play by your rules? SEC wouldn't tell them. SEC said die is what you have yeah. to do. Yeah, that's basically it. Uh, let's see here. They say they don't want to kill cryptocurrency. They know they can't. They want to put it in a ghetto like BitTorrent. 
where average people are intimidated and scared to use it. Mm. And I think they're right about that. Yep. Well, I don't think they can kill it. So all they can do is give it a bad name. But I think people are scared. I think a lot of people are afraid of crypto. When I first got involved uh, with crypto, I was like, yeah, I was still like a teenager. And anytime I saw like a know your customer thing, that was like an instant turnoff. Not because I was doing anything wrong, but I just didn't feel comfortable sharing my uh, my information. And I know, you know a lot of other people are even more meek, uh, you know, in that regard than I am. So already with like just basic KYC stuff, it's, you know, gatekeeping millions of people out of it. And if you look at uh, the Crypto 6 case... That happened at the same time as, of course, the FTX uh, scandal yep. was going. And, you know, the judge informed the jury that, oh, well, you know, you guys know that Ian Freeman, he's not the same. He's not connected to FTX. But, I mean, there's, you know, we don't know what they were thinking, right? But there's a good chance those people on the jury were thinking, oh, crypto scam. Yeah. You know, crypto scam. Oh, these old ladies scam, you know. And so, therefore, you know, they convicted me, even though there was absolutely no reason to convict me. There was no evidence that was presented. They did not meet their burden of proof in any way, shape, or form in that case. But it didn't matter yeah. when when it all came down. You know, they uh, they said we well, got to punish somebody. Well, they're they're idiots for one. They went to public school in America, so that you know they're morons. For two. They did it right before Christmas time when everybody wants to go home. These people probably haven't got all the Christmas shopping done because they haven't been to work in a couple months because they've been working on this case. Mm-hmm. For, so, yeah, they're just they just want to get out of there. Yeah, guilty. But they Send that guy to prison. Way. Guilty, they, we want to go home. But they could have gone the other way. They could have gone not guilty. We want to go home. That, that doesn't seem as definite for people, though. To say not guilty almost feels like there's something being left undone mm-hmm. in their eyes, and I think they're basically well, there was this p- parade of uh, victims of scam artists that was brought up in front of them, and the actual scammers weren't on trial, so right. ah, well, let's, let's convict somebody. Just- Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Uh, Phil. Phil, you're on the air. Go ahead. Um, you guys talking about uh, Bitcoin and the you know, all that. And yes, there was a time when I just about dived in. I just, was just about to, you know, I was on Coinbase and I was just about to open my wallet and get yeah. everything set up. And just something inside of me went, you know, my gut is telling me this is not the thing to do. And mm-hmm. my gut has always served me very well. Okay. And then probably about two, three weeks ago, I'm reading that the entire Bitcoin um, world is kind of a nepotistic entity where if you have a, and, and give me the word, it escapes me for some reason. What is it? This electronic money. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's different, you know, Bitcoin, Bitcoin is one of many cryptocurrencies, cryptos, cryptocurrencies. That's it. I don't know why it didn't come to me. Anyway, Mm -hmm. all these cryptocurrencies that are out there get set up and they all trade each other yeah. and they artificially boost the price or they, you know, they sometimes even blatantly lie about the, uh, uh capitalization and all of this stuff. And it's just a house of cards and a hurricane. And so I backed out. I don't think so. I mean, the, the, it really can't, the whole part of the whole point of cryptocurrency is it's all, it's all ledger based. It can't really pump itself up. Uh, it's either getting, used or it's not getting used and every transaction right. is and they were and, and they were buying each other's you know currency Who? and uh well each other if 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 currency a is on coinbase and 
currency B could have been uh, issued by the same guy, and he's buying himself back and forth. And then, you know, people um, that are friends are buying each other's Oh, so you're you're talking about you, it sounds like you're talking about shilling, like they're yeah, artificially yeah. inflating trades to make it look yeah. like one thing's going north. They're 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 trying to moon stuff so they can pump and dump. Right. Yeah, it's it's a classic right. pump and dump kind of thing. But that's yes. that happens on exchanges. It happened used to happen on Poloniex all the time. Um, well, but, it happens on uh, it happens on Reddit quite a bit. Yeah, I mean that's just going to be the case, and it's true with stocks too. By the sure, way, sure, people with, and companies. Yeah. It happens on the forex. So I just backed out. I think the whole crypto thing is going to collapse and it's going to crash and burn. Well, well that's what people I have mean, been saying uh, for Bitcoin over a decade. Too. Yeah, Bitcoin. Yeah, well, Bitcoin is tanked. Mm, well, it's back up actually right now. I mean, <laughs> they say that all the time. Yeah. We, we hear that every three months for the last ten years. Yeah, I mean, Bitcoin quote unquote tanked when it hit. $68,000 in, was it the fall of 20, or 2020? Yeah, I think it was 2020. Um, it, it, hit, it went way up, and then it took a crash over the next year in 2021 down to around $16,000. But it's, uh, what, like 22, 23 today, I think, right now? So oh, it's here. So $22,000, yeah, I mean, uh, just so you know, I mean, to give you a little history, is, is prior to the run-up to 68, 22 would have been an, a record high. That would have been higher than it peaked in 2017 when it peaked up to around 19 or or twenty thousand dollars. So it's if you got into Bitcoin before 2017, you're still up. Yeah, and if you want to talk about crash, the U.S. dollar is worth less than one percent of what it was when it was when it, when, it, when it was started coming out under the federal the Federal Exchange Act. So oh, that's you, true. I mean, you're, you're, you're right. just, you can keep riding that train to the to the to the ground floor if you want to, but I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna try to stay away from that as much as I can. I don't think that's good, and it's heavily controlled. And I'd I'd rather be in something that's more organic. And I know that the U.S. dollar and government currencies in general, it's not just U.S. dollar. All government currencies are basically run by the same exact people, and none of them are really good or or definitely well, not I- organic. As I understand it, the whole basis for the entire crypto industry is privacy and, you know, um, just just maintaining your privacy on financial situations. And the government cannot get its hands on it, but they're trying to. They're trying to. And, yeah. So Yeah, if only it were privacy. I mean, most of the coins are not privacy coins. Most of them are public. Uh, They're available. The blockchains are viewable publicly. Anyone who wants to can go and look at them and see who's got what. And Well, they don't necessarily who owns the wallets, but they know which wallets have how much of any given crypto. In certain cases on privacy coins, they don't know that. So with Monero, for instance, which is the one you've been uh, touting here, Matt, uh, no one can look at that and see what is going on. They have no idea how many people have it. They have no idea what the amounts are in the wallets or anything like that. So there's definitely a drive toward privacy, and I think we're going to see more of a drive toward privacy as more crackdowns continue to occur um, because it does not look good for the public people in the cryptocurrency industry. If 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 you're an identifiable person, in crypto and you're living in the united states you're at risk we got chuck on the line in washington state you're on free talk live go ahead chuck yeah uh so let's just say that uh you had a a motivated investor with about ten thousand dollars just to to try and figure out what he or she wanted to do with that ten thousand dollars would you recommend 
or uh, I, you know, and I know you guys aren't uh, financial advisors or whatever. So that being said, would you recommend uh, that person with that capital to uh, go into Bitcoin, or would you recommend them to look at traditional type stocks and uh, go with the the hottest? Thing out there. Well, personally, um, if it were me, and I like I said, I'm not a, as you've acknowledged, we're not financial advisors. We don't, yeah, uh, we don't, you know, do that. Well, neither uh, am I. Right. I, I'm just. Bouncing. But I can say, if it were me, uh, what I would do is stay the hell away from any kind of government regulated uh, stock market mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, just because I don't think it's any of their business what it is that uh, I don't think it's any of their business what you do with your money that you earned and you're putting at risk. Um, but, uh, but like I said to the last caller, I wouldn't just take all as tempting as it would be to just take all $10,000 and dump it into something and then, you know, cross your fingers and hope you got in at the right time. I think, uh, I still think the dollar, uh, the dollar cost averaging is the smartest way to go about this mm-hmm. to, you know, set aside a hundred bucks a week or, or whatever amount that you think is a good amount. Uh, again, money you can afford to lose. Yeah. And you know, I also, I want to point out too, I think it hurts crypto for people to be speculating on it as some kind of investment. It's not an investment. It shouldn't be looked at as an investment in the first place by anybody. Mm. The fact that sometimes it goes up in value and a few people get to brag about the whale move they made, it's they're looking at it the exact wrong way too. We shouldn't be looking at this as a way to increase our wealth. We should be looking at it as an alternative to what's out there already because what's out there has failed us. Yeah. It has failed us and it has hurt. Mm. It is... It has mortally wounded our entire civilization. Mm, So now that we have something else, we should be trying to convince other people to accept it in exchange for goods and services. And we should have enough so that we can press it into employment under that um, in in those regards. And that, that makes sense what you're talking about. I don't know. What's your name, sir? Matt. Matt. I'm Chuck. Hi, Chuck. Thank you. Thank you for uh, talking sense into me. Absolutely. I think that's a good point. Uh, I think it's probably going to fall on a lot of deaf ears out there because most people see number well, go up and they just want to get yeah. they want to get in what, on that. What, what, what made most sense what Matt said uh, tonight is uh, the thing about uh, you, he can, you know, the laptop thing. And then as long as you've got a, uh, uh, you know, electronic uh provider for that machine to run you can mm-hmm. turn your laptop into a uh, a bitcoin i guess it, what is that the term wallet is that um is that correct you'd be turning a it wallet? into a miner you'd, you'd be, be turning into a miner a wallet is you need a wallet yeah in you, order you're to... gonna need a wallet because when when the when the crypto starts you know when your machine makes you some crypto it's gonna want a place to send it so for instance um my buddy's my, my buddy set it all up for for my miner back when i was doing it but it, I was in this pool called, it's called a pool. It's where other people joined forces with you to make mm-hmm. a little bit. And it's called, uh, it was called Monero Ocean. If You, you probably okay. find that if you Google it, but Monero Ocean. And uh, I had that set so that every time it got up to like a quarter of a Bitcoin, it would send it to me. That way it wasn't sending me little, you know, tiny, teeny fractions of a bit of a Monero every mm-hmm. single 15 minutes. It was waiting until it had enough to send me. That saved me a transaction fee here and there. So, uh, 
you know, a mining fee there. But you had to have a friend help you set it but up. It's complicated. You right? know what though? After he did it, and I'm a I'm a computer idiot. Mm. He's a genius. Okay. But I'm a computer idiot, and I did go read the instructions on the website how yeah. to do this, and they are really straightforward. I think I could have handled it myself hmm. by just, okay. you know. Wore my ovaries wow. on the outside there for a second. I probably could have pulled it off and gotten that set up myself. I used to, I used to call up and do prank phone calls as best I could to uh, Free Talk Live after uh, before tonight. But I, I'm being serious right now. Vincent, you you kind of hinted that you're over it with uh, with Project Veritas. I got to say, I think they do good work. I having watched their recent video. On, I mean, I watched some of them last year as well, but their recent one where they cornered this guy from Pfizer. Have you seen this one, Matt? The <laughs> Pfizer guy. It was fantastic. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if you've seen. Have you seen it, Vincent? I, even though you're trying to avoid it. Uh, I do. I mean, I avoid it just because of out of disappointment. I know they don't have any control over it, but um, yeah, I, I did see the recent one too. It was amazing. So, listeners, just you know, who maybe have not seen this yet, I don't know, maybe three weeks ago at this point, Project Veritas released a video where once again they had one of their undercover uh, agents, uh, reporters. On a date with this guy from Pfizer, who was like an executive at Pfizer, and presumably still is. I don't know if there's any evidence he's been fired yet. But he just came right out and just admitted, yeah, they're doing not quote-unquote gain-of-function research, but, uh, oh, God, what was the term that they used? Like forced evolution. Yeah, directed. Directed 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 evolution. evolution. That was the terminology. It was basically the same thing, just different terminology. uh, So he admitted that they are manipulating the... uh, covid virus in the hopes that they're going to be able to put out vaccines before they're even necessary that kind of thing and it was kind of a shocking report for people that maybe haven't believed the conspiracy theories on these issues and it verified a lot of that stuff Mm -hmm. but then they confronted the dude in a restaurant in new york city in the second or the follow-up video and the dude lost his mind and like grabs the <laughs> iPad from the Project Veritas guy and just smashes it on the ground. And he's just, on, down on his hands and knees, yeah, smashing an iPad. Cra- that he went crazy. They sent one of the Project Veritas people out to California and went to YouTube, you know, like this YouTube area where the executives live. And one of the YouTube executives, they found him outside of his mansion or wherever it is he he lives there. He was like, I don't know, out for a morning jog or something. And they confronted him and asked them, hey, why would you ban our channel, basically? Why did you uh, strike our channel for telling the truth? Of course, the guy didn't want to say anything at all on camera. Well, apparently, a couple days ago, uh, Veritas puts out an update saying that the... I don't remember the name of the, the city, but some city in California, the place where YouTube is located... I had not heard of it before, but uh, this place, they had sent the police, they, they called the, the cops, the cops sent a letter to the Project Veritas journalist who confronted the YouTube guy saying that they have a warrant to get information about where the Project Veritas journalist's location was. So they want to get Google to hand over his location data or Apple or whatever his phone company is to hand over his location data for where he was the morning of when he confronted the YouTube executive on video. So things are getting pretty crazy for the people over there at, uh, at Project Veritas. Like they're, for, so Sorry to interrupt, but no, also please. in hot water for uh, however they acquired the Ashley Biden diary. Yeah, well, they got raided over that in 2021. There were multi- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and, multiple and so, Project I mean, Veritas people back. raided. So yeah, they're definitely they're definitely doing some good stuff, right? Like as they say, if you 
You know, you don't take flack unless you're over the target. Right. These so guys, what's happening with James O'Keefe, though? Well, that's the news, at least within the last couple of days. Headline broke, I think, yesterday. This is from nymag.com, the intelligencer, reporting that James O'Keefe, the founder and chairman of Project Veritas, has taken paid leave from the conservative nonprofit media organization as its board considers whether to remove him from his leadership position, according to current and former employees of the organization. An internal message sent to Project Veritas employees by their executive director, Daniel Strack, said that O'Keefe would be taking a few weeks of well-deserved PTO, or paid time off. An image of the message was shared by a source familiar with the organization's internal operations, and its authenticity was confirmed by a current employee. When reached for comment on his personal cell phone, O'Keefe said nothing in response and did not respond to follow-up calls and text messages. So... I mean, it definitely does seems like strange behavior from somebody who normally is all about, you know, well, give us transparency, right? Who's on the board of directors at Project Veritas? I have no idea. You know, not for nothing. It's hard to think. It's hard to think anything but negative things about this type of thing. We hear it. Sure. But my company, when you've worked there five years, they shut off your cell phone, they lock your email and they make you go on vacation. Really? Yeah. You are on a forced sabbatical, and it's a month. <laughs> a whole month. It's wow, month. it's really good. Yeah. Just for your mental health, basically. Just yeah, it's a it's a it's a company with really high demand, with really passionate people working for it, and people will work themselves to death for the cause. And it it's good that they're it's it's a nice thing, and that goes for everybody from the mail room to the CEO. If hmm. you've been there for five years, your email gets shut off, your phone gets shut off, and Take you a break. Are, we don't care what you do, but you're not doing it here. And it's a paid month? Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe that's what's going on here, Matt. But apparently there was a statement that Project Veritas made along with this. And it didn't sound like, hey, you know, we're just helping our guy out here take a vacation when he doesn't, you know, didn't ask for it. Uh, they say through a spokesperson, a uh, statement has been released, quote, Like all newsrooms at this stage, the Project Veritas Board of Directors and Management are constantly evaluating what the best path forward is for the organization. It read in part, it did not directly address questions about O'Keefe's employment status. And he, by the way, as of the last time I checked on Twitter, has been silent uh, on this matter. Hmm. So, did it mention him stealing a sandwich from a pregnant woman? No, is that an allegation as well? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I have the Daily Beast here, and I remember reading it um, <laughs> earlier. Apparently, he I, like the allegations are that he would bully employees, and he'd be very quote outright cruel. At least according to the Daily Beast, which has every reason to hate, you know, James sure, O'Keefe sure, the Daily yeah. Beast. But I mean, that doesn't mean they don't, you know, report truth sometimes. Yeah, I think you're. Uh, what you're pointing out here is that the, the the leftist media definitely hates Project Veritas. They're definitely going to do everything they can to drag them through the mud. Uh, but you know, it's not hard to find somebody who worked for a person who doesn't like them anymore, right? Like if you've gone through, and I, I believe I've, the statistics are, I think they have like 65 employees right now, and so you know they've gone through well, probably at least a dozen or so mm-hmm. that don't work there anymore, right? Like right. that's just the way it goes. People quit. People move on. Some people get fired. Uh, so it's not hard to believe that somebody's burned by their experience. You know, they had a personality conflict with somebody like this. I mean, O'Keefe is uh, he's a mover and a shaker. He's he's going to be somebody that's, 
you're gonna he's gonna rub people the wrong way. Sure. I mean, that's just the way it's gonna be. If friends become coworkers, things mm-hmm. can change yep. for their relationships. I mean, um, I think we've had good fortune here on Free Talk Live over the years in that we don't have quote unquote employees, yeah. right? So like we just have people that want to be on the air and and mm-hmm. want to express the thing. Yeah, some and, that don't want to be on the air, but ended up somehow getting talked into picking up Thursday night shifts. You're anyway. talking about yourself. <laughs> How many years did I turn you down for this? I don't know. Yeah, there's some time. Yeah. It, it um, took an FBI raid for me to get furious <laughs> enough serious. to come over here. <laughs> oh, thanks, FBI. Yeah. That's looking on you the bright side. You got me out of the deal. Um, but, you know, I think we've been pretty fortunate here. I haven't had to, quote unquote, fire many people. Um, and But, you know, even those who I've, quote unquote, fired, like Chris Cantwell, over the years, I've still remained um, friendly. Well, with. there's some that absolutely... There's one in particular, one girl I know that absolutely still psychotically hates you that you had to let go. Oh, I know. Yeah, I was thinking about that one. Remember that one? Yeah, yeah, that one. I had forgotten. I'd forgotten about her. (laughs) She hates everybody. That axe is still sharp. That that one isn't just personal against me. That woman hates everyone she's ever known. Yeah. Um, so that's another problem with her. But uh, but you know, it just goes to show that the larger an organization becomes, Mm -hmm. the more likely you're going to have personality conflicts within it. And it's like you say, if you're if you're running an organization the way you want it to be run, you have got a vision for this thing that you want it to be. And if somebody is contrary to that vision in some way, shape or form, they're not going to feel good. They're not going to be feeling welcomed. They probably don't belong there, which is why I say, why don't these people just leave if it's a third of the employees and they hate their job so bad? Why not just leave? I mean, you, if you're talented, you'll get picked up somewhere else. Right. So that's what makes me wonder is, you know, at some level, it's not unbelievable that Project Veritas, which is an organization that does undercover work, could also be subject to infiltration of its own, where maybe some whiny, I hate working leftists want to go get a job at Project Veritas so they can spill the beans on the, you know, the internal goings on of the company. Maybe that's, you know, exactly what's going on here. And the other thing that I think is worth pointing out uh, is... This happened to Glenn Greenwald. Yeah, you remember? That's right. Yep. Remember Glenn Greenwald, mm-hmm. one of the co-founding members of the Intercept. Mm-hmm. A few years ago, I think it was maybe two or three years ago, Glenn Greenwald posted publicly that he was resigning or be, uh, being fired. I forget which one it was, but something happened at the Intercept where he was the founder or co-founder of this news reporting investigative journalism organization, which turned has turned out some great work over the years. But things had gone in direction where he wasn't feeling comfortable at his own company that he helped found. And that's because of this board of directors. He, he, I see it all the time. People want to practice their craft. They do not want to be a business owner. Mm-hmm. So they hire other people to be the, the managers of the business. And before they know it, they manage they're, right an, out. they're an employee yeah. and then they're a fired employee. Yeah, it's tragic. Uh, and, and like I said, we've seen this happen before. It happened with Glenn Greenwald, and it appears that it may be happening with James O'Keefe right now. He was, I believe, I mean, yeah, he's the founder here, according to uh, NYMag.com. But at some point, he put a board of directors in charge of this thing. And I don't know, I don't know if it's what you're saying is where it's like, well, I trust these people and I'll let them handle the this aspect of it. Or maybe it has to do with forming a corporation, and it's like, well, in most states, corporations have to have a board, right? Right. So maybe it's, it's a some... nonprofit. Is it a nonprofit? Yeah, yeah. At least going to this article here, yes, yeah, since it's a, a nonprofit, it has to have a board, right? 
Rebel News is doing ambush interviews. They did some really good stuff at uh, the World Economic Forum, ambushing people outside. But, uh, Vincent, I saw you shaking your head a moment ago. Well, anytime anyone says Rebel News and doing a good job, I, I immediately uh, get concerned. But, no, that, you, you're, you're right. In that case, Ezra Levant himself actually went to um, – to uh, Davos at the uh, WEF. So yeah, that, he that confronted was, was, he confronted uh, Borla from from Pfizer there. So yeah, I mean they could do so good work, but I mean their thing is selling uh, email address. They always have petitions and lists, so it it is a massive grift. Uh, gatekeeper, oh, really? you know, Zionist gatekeepers also. I mean, you know, like Gavin McInnes worked for them and criticized Israel, and then they you know bring him on an all expense paid trip to Israel, and then suddenly he he loves Israel and wants to bomb those Palestinians. So oh, I'm, interesting. I'm sorry, I don't mean to. Yeah, I didn't mean to get into that diatribe, but yeah, that's that's why I made the face. But yeah, I mean, you know, I and and you know, good for Visa. I want to encourage Visa grifters when they do good work. Yeah, I mean, good good for them. I think they should be encouraged. It, are you saying Project Veritas are also in the grifter camp? As far as you're concerned? Um, no, I, I don't think so because they actually do stuff of value. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they overhype the importance of what happens because, like, they've, you know, they've shown, like, I remember um, they came to uh, New Hampshire many years ago and they went to uh, my town of Hanover and they showed just how easy it was to commit, um, you know, to uh, vote. You know, I think, like, James O'Keefe himself, you know, who's not a New Hampshire resident, basically, you know, got himself signed up to vote. And it was really? you know, it was amazing. So yeah, yeah, it was amazing work. Yeah, it's one of her older things. It's pretty buried, uh, but nothing ever, nothing ever comes of it. But um, no, I wouldn't describe him as a grifter because I mean he associates with a lot of grifters, but it's for publicity. Like he actually does stuff of value. So hmm. well, I mean it's it's pretty common that you know a lot of exposés aren't going to take down the government, right? Like it's just it's valuable just from the perspective of. Those who want to know can find out. Those who want to know what's really going on don't just have to speculate. Now we can show somebody, oh, look, here's a video of this Pfizer guy saying the things that people have been speculating on for the last two years. Now it's out there in the open. Here's your proof. So for anybody that was wanting some proof, they do give that. It's not going to result in what I think a lot of the conservatives think. Like, I get what you're, and you're absolutely right with what you're saying here, Vincent. Whenever that video came out from Veritas, you could see the conservatives on social media saying things like, all right, now the Congress is going to bring Pfizer in and they're going to grill them and they're going to take Pfizer down. No way. Not a chance. And that's more and I'll admit that's more of an indictment against like the people and, you know, the people in power uh, than it is, you know, Veritas. Right. I mean, they're, they're doing the best they, they can. Yeah, well, it's uh, also yeah. an indictment against just the ignorance of these conservatives and believing that these people in D.C. are going to all of a sudden switch gears and do something to hold these people accountable. It's like not even possible. In fact, the latest video from Project Veritas that I saw today, uh, it was at some hotel. I think it was in D.C. or wherever it was. And so they were having some kind of convention of the Republican Governors Association. And who was showing up to speak or be seen at the Republican Governors Association? None other than Pfizer's CEO, Albert Bourla. Interesting. And so they're confronting Bourla on the way. He's uh, Apparently the Veritas guys bought a room at this hotel because they actually pull that out as a card when the hotel security comes up. And they're like, you got to leave. This is private property. They say, well, we've got a room here. And so then that kind of flummoxed them for for a little bit, because how do you tell your customers they have to leave, you know, the area? They weren't inside the room where the convention was going on. They're just out in the hallway, right? So they're trying to get comments from Borla about being, you know, corrupt scumbag or or whatever it was. 
And of course, he's not talking. Security's like batting this woman's microphone away, like actually assaulting her, hitting her physically. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Oh, she's having a fight with her, uh, with uh, Richard there. Sarah. <laughs> Sarah, you're on the air. Oh, yes. Um, hey, Sarah. Okay, yes, uh, I have to come here. What are you? Are you having a fight with Richard? What's going on back there? Oh, we're just watching TV. I have to get into another room. So oh, he just TV he just day. talks loudly normally. Yeah, he's deaf. Oh, you know? okay. That <laughs> yeah, ex- that explains it. What are you guys watching? What's yeah. on What's on TV tonight? Oh, there was a show about the Hawaii. You know, but the Hawaii about the kayaking or whatever. And oh, okay. So yeah, no, but that's why I was talking about that. Are you trying to get Richard Remember to take you to Hawaii? About- a little vacay? No, no, no. We both been there. Have the Waikiki, so we're talking about Waikiki. That why don't you move there? I hear it's a real communist kind of place. Well, I, I don't know. I thought New Mexico was pretty communist. It may we be actually. I'm not sure right. which one's worse. They're both pretty bad or well, good from yeah, your perspective. They, they gave me another two hundred dollars in EBT. Well, who they does? They told me that they're going to cut my EBT, and then they dumped another two hundred twenty dollars in me. I don't know what they're doing. You know, but uh, anyways, every time they try to cut the EBT, there's people that lobby. We fight back. You yeah, know, like got to get that free that money. We want that. We want that stuff Stolen that other people money. worked for. We don't want well, stuff that we worked for. We want stuff that other people worked for. You don't know what working means. Well, I mean, in the free bus, we're fighting to keep the free bus for with no no ID too. We'll we'll push back. We're not going to get rolled over because it, it just penalizes the people that don't have money. That twenty dollars is a big deal for people that. The rent is six fifty for studio. We got nothing afterwards. Well, why would they rent it for Section Eight? Why not just do Section Eight? Why do you have to bother with that rent stuff? Oh, the Section Eight—they put you through the winger. You have to apply and wait for another year, and then they—that's almost like a job uh, applying and then. <laughs> well, but then you stay in a shelter for a year until you get the thing, right? You got to be a ghetto capitalist, okay? It's not just enough to take like PBT and stuff. You got to be a ghetto capitalist, okay? You have to, you know, there's a way to game all of this, right? And if you record it, then you could be a regular capitalist and you know sell. You know, start a grift and, you know, teach people how to, you know, be a ghetto capitalist and live on, you know, disability and live on all of his stuff. And then, you know, you won't have to. Well, actually, no, you'd make so much money teaching people that then you'd have to get off it. So now you just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more all for free at freetalklive.com.